0: Hi everyone, Don here. Welcome to another Friday Night Stripes pregame episode. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, penalty enforcement. Basic spots, all but one, special cases. Um, this is one I've been working on for a little while um, because there's so much involved and I, I want to make sure we get it all right. Um, so we're going we're gonna to cover a number of different angles at it. Um, we're going to start by talking about the basic spot. Um, talk about all but one, talk about the running plays versus loose ball plays, and and, and we're going to work our way through it. So um, the, the first thing to talk about when it comes to penalty enforcement, and it's something I've talked about numerous times, is as officials who aren't referees, we need to make sure we're getting the information to the referee when we, when we uh, have a flag down. Um, a, the referee may not even know what happened on the play, depending on what happened with the quarterback in the backfield, things like that. So I like to come in and tell them the, the, the result of the play. Um, then they want to know what kind of foul you have. And I, I think I mentioned this on a previous episode. Um, I actually learned that it, it I, I was saying I have defensive holding on the wide receiver and what I meant was that the defensive the the, the wide receiver was being held um, and I, I thought I was being clear enough by saying defensive holding but uh, that 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 word on is just not quite right it's not it's not a precise enough word um, so um, the, the the way the way I, I've worked to say it is I've got defensive holding by number um, 22. He was holding the wide receiver number 85. Um, so just by using a few more words it became a lot more clear. Um, and so if you don't uh, these days they want the number. if so give them the number if you have it. If you don't have the number, don't guess um, because they're going to, if you guess, you could be wrong, and then, then you're, you're opening yourself up for, for arguments. Um, I, if I don't have it, I'll usually say it was on the, the defensive back, it was on the left tackle. Usually, if you can give them a position or a location, that's good enough. Um, you're still going to get some that want to talk about, that want to um, about, uh, that, that yell and say, How can we coach them if you don't know the number? How, how do you know it was a foul if you don't know the number? Things like that um if you have more than one flag be very clear you have more than one flag be very clear to discuss the two different flags you have um and if you have one flag and somebody else has another be very clear that you have two different flags as well um and if let them know when the foul happened especially if there's a change of possession um because that'll impact things or um if you have the two different types of play types of a running play and a loose ball play, which we'll discuss in a little bit. So, so be very clear, make sure the referee understands everything you're giving them. Um, You don't want to take five minutes to explain it. You don't want to tell them why the receiver was holding them. You don't want to, you don't want to make commentary on the players. You want to be, you want to be very factual because the referee has to take all this information, put it in his head um, come to, to a decision on what the enforcement is. Remember all of the information you gave him so that he can announce it. And if he's on a microphone, um, even worse, he's got to make sure he's 100% correct on the mic. So um, if if you do all that and the referee goes and, and gives all the information and he does something wrong, he repeats it incorrectly when, when – uh, announcing it pull them aside and and make sure get it right don't let it slide so that you 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 so that you don't make the referee look bad we look worse as crews when we get the penalty wrong um, if he if he misremembered a detail or if you don't feel you were clear enough in giving him the detail get it cleared up they can reannounce it it's a lot better than than sticking with a, the wrong foul so that's the, that's the first thing um, to talk about when it comes to play, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So before we can get into basic spots and spots of the foul and all that, we, we need to understand the difference between the two types of plays, which are a loose ball play and a running play. Um, we're we're going to start with, um, with a running play because a, a, a running play is just quite simply – all the live ball action when the ball is in player possession except for when it's a loose ball play so the loose ball plays are a backward pass a legal kick or a fumble made by team a in or behind the neutral zone prior to a change of team possession so any kind of backward pass including the snap um, or any fumble um, is going to be a loose ball play uh, behind, in or behind the neutral zone. Any legal forward pass is part of a loose ball play. Any free kick or scrimmage kick is part of a loose ball play. And finally, the run or runs which precede any of these. So let's say we've got a snap, um, the quarterback rolls out to the right throws a pass um to the receiver receiver catch that steps out of bounds all of that was loose ball plays because the loose ball play is the run which precedes any of the above so that whole time that quarterback was scrambling even though that's quote running it was a run that preceded a legal forward pass therefore it's part of a loose ball play um However, anything else is a running play. So, um, quarterback takes a snap, scrambles, throws the ball to the receiver. All of that is one loose ball play. The receiver catches the ball, therefore the legal forward passes over and starts running. That is the start of a running phase of play. So, we've got two different phases of play there. The first phase was a loose ball play the second phase was a running play and all that's going to come into and all that's going to matter when it comes to penalty enforcement and we're going to get to that in in just a little while so um that was one type of play where you can have two different things going on um at the same time you can also have two running plays two different running plays within the same down um Quarterback takes the snap, hands off to the running back. Running back runs for 20 yards, fumbles. The ball is picked up by a, let's say one of the wide receiver picks it up and runs. That's two different running plays. That is the initial run, including the fumble, because it happened beyond the line of scrimmage. That is part of a running play. And then... Once the receiver picked up the ball, recovered the fumble, and ran with it, that was a second running play. So it's going to be very important where those fouls happened because they will be enforced from different places. So that's pretty much it. Um, Those are the two different types of plays. Um, Punts, those are all loose ball plays until the kick is possessed and then it's no longer a kick. Once the kick is possessed and he start, and, and the runner starts running with it, we have a running play. So we've got a couple of different plays there. Um, and again, all that's important because we're about to go into basic spots. And I'm going to be talking in this basic spot definition a lot about loose ball plays, running plays, when the related run ends, things like that. So... Let's start with basic spots. Basic spots are are what are going to be key to our penalty enforcement. We're going to use them most of the time. Um, There's one exception, and we'll talk about the all but one principle in a minute. So the basic spot is the previous spot for three different types of fouls. So it's the previous spot for a foul which occurs simultaneous with the snap. So your legal motions, your legal shifts, um, your legal substitutions, anything that occurs simultaneous with the snap that does not become a foul until there's a snap, um, that basic spot is the previous spot. The basic spot is also the previous spot for a foul that occurs during a loose ball play. So remember, we talked about all the different uh, ways you can have a loose ball play. You can have a quarterback scrambling around. If there's a hold during that scramble, that hold is part of that loose ball play because the quarterback threw the ball at the end of that scramble. That's a loose ball play. And then finally that the third instance when the basic spot is the previous spot is when there's a and it, it's a rare instance, but it's when there's a foul which occurs in a down where there's a legal kick. So we've got let's say a punt. Punt is in the air. We've got a foul, and we have an inadvertent whistle before either team gains possession. In that case, the basic spot for that foul we talked about is the previous spot. Um, speaking of kicking, during, during a punt um, or a scrimmage kick, when R commits a post-scrimmage kick foul, and that there there are certain fouls that are described as post-scrimmage kick fouls, then the basic spot is where the kick ends. And that's why the back judge or whoever is covering the the um, returner, that's why there's a beanbag down. We need to know where the kick ended because that's an infor- that's a basic spot. The basic spot is where the run ends when we have a foul during a running play. So, quarterback hands the ball off to the running back. Running back runs. There's a hold. The The basic spot for that foul will be where the run ends. So, let's say he's tackled. It's going to be where he was tackled. Let's say the same thing. Quarterback hands the ball off to the running back. He's running. There's a hold. He fumbles it the receiver picks it up and runs with it. The basic spot for that hold is going to be where the running back fumbled the ball because that was the end of the related run. Again, this is why we throw beanbags down when there's a fumble on a play. Um, and finally, the basic spot is going to be the succeeding spot in four different instances for unsportsmanlike fouls, for dead ball fouls, for non-player fouls, and for fouls when the final result is a touchback. So if we've got, uh, if the final result of the play is a touchback, the, succeed, the succeeding spot will be the basic spot. So I wanna talk about all but one, and, and this is, now that we've talked about the basic spot, the basic spot is where most penalties will be enforced, but there's one exception to it. So the way to think about this is, there are two different teams that can foul. There can be a foul by the team in possession, and there can be a foul by the team not in possession. And then there's two different places that the foul can occur. The foul can occur beyond the basic spot, or the foul can occur behind the basic spot. And if you put those different combinations together, you get four different scenarios the all-but-one principle is saying we will enforce the penalty from the basic spot for all of these scenarios except for one and that one scenario is when the foul is by the team in possession and the foul occurs behind the basic spot so it's it's very simple when you see it laid out I've seen it laid out in a chart um, I think I'm going to do a video on this later, and, and I've got a chart created for that, but it, it's very simple once you once you can put it in a chart format and think of it that way. But if you've been watching football long enough, you're familiar with when it is that they say we're going to go from the spot of the foul. Um, and, and these are for, for holds that happen behind the basic spot. So let's say we've got... The running back is is running down the field, we've got a hold by a lineman, um, and the running back is tackled 10 yards beyond that hold. We're gonna come back to that hold, and that's where we're gonna enforce the the foul. Um, We've got a quarterback scrambling, we've got a hold by the lineman, five yards in the backfield, And then the quarterback throws an incomplete pass. The basic spot, because it was a loose ball play, was the previous spot. Because the foul happened by the team in possession and it was behind the basic spot, we're going to enforce the hold from the spot of the foul. So it's very simple to, to just remember... If we're going to enforce from the basic spot, unless it's by the team in possession and the foul occurred behind the basic spot. And that's why you have to make sure you get those pieces of information to the referee so that he can process and, and get the right penalty enforcement out there. So, let's talk about post-scrimmage kick enforcement. So that, that pretty much covers the basics. Everything we've talked about to this point covers the basics of fouls and penalty enforcement. Um, let's get into all the different special scenarios. So the first special scenario is post-scrimmage kick enforcement. So post-scrimmage kick or PSK enforcement only applies during legal scrimmage kicks made from a legal scrimmage kick formation okay so those two things have to have to happen so we'll we'll come back to that in a minute um post scrimmage kick fouls are any foul by the receiving team when the foul occurs and it has to occur during all these phases okay has to occur during a scrimmage kick play other than a successful field goal or try okay so if the if a field goal or, or try is successful then the foul by r doesn't matter okay it's going to be declined almost by rule um it's going there it it must in order to be a psk foul it has to be during a scrimmage kick play in which the ball crosses the expanded neutral zone so again, if we've got a blocked punt that never crossed the neutral zone, the expanded neutral zone, we're not going to have PSK enforcement. The foul must have occurred beyond the expanded neutral zone. And the foul must have occurred before the end of the kick. Finally, K cannot be the next to put the ball in play, whether it was for because R muffed the the punt and K K recovered it or other scenarios where K is going to be the one to put the ball next in play we can't have PSK enforcement um, so the, the, there's a lot going on there and, and PSK enforcements a, 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 another one that it's hard to, to remember all the pieces but it's pretty much if you just think about it in very clear details, do we have a kick do, is the kick relatively normal? Do we have a return, and do we have R that's ending up with the ball? If all that happens and the foul occurred during the kick, then we're going to enforce, use PSK enforcement. And again, PSK enforcement was where the kick ended. So if we've got a hold by the receiving team after the ball is snapped and, and during the kick we've got a hold by the receiving team, we're going to enforce that from PSK because it meets all the criteria. It was during a scrimmage kick play. The ball crossed the neutral zone. The foul occurred beyond the neutral zone. The foul occurred before the end of the kick. And R recovered it, uh, um, caught the punt, and ran it and ran it 10 yards. Um, so K will not be the next to put the ball in play. Those, those five things make it that we're going to go with PSK enforcement. So we're going to enforce that hold from the end of the kick again. That's why it's very important to have a bean bag for the end of the kick. Um, other types of special... Uh, let me get back to PSK enforcement real quick. The, the, the other thing to remember, and I, it's back to where I started at the beginning of this discussion um, where we said PSK kicks only apply to legal scrimmage kicks. Let's say that the punter scrambles around a, bunch, uh, a bit and runs up past the line of scrimmage and kicks the ball. We no longer have a legal scrimmage kick. So we're going to have an illegal kick. So therefore, we're not going to have any kind of PSK enforcement. If R ends up with a foul during that kick, we're actually going to have offsetting fouls because we've got the, the illegal kick by K and whatever foul R committed. Um, so we'll just do it all over again. So with with PSK handled, um, we're going to move on to um, other odd scenarios, and that's multiple fouls. So uh, this is one that's been hard to get in my head the right way. A multiple foul is a foul is when one team commits more than one foul during a down. That means that the offended team gets to only choose one of them or they can decline all of them but they can't have more than one of those fouls however non-player or dead ball fouls can't be coupled with live ball fouls to to create a multiple foul situation in those situations we're going to enforce each foul separately um so that's a multiple foul a multiple foul is when it's by the same team a double foul is when both teams commit fouls other than unsportsmanlike and non-player fouls during the same live ball period. So, again, this is going to have a number of, of, of conditions. So it's when both teams can c- commit fouls, condition one, they can't be unsportsmanlike or non-player fouls. Condition two, it has to be during the same live ball period. Condition three, it can't be, there can be no change of possession unless all fouls by R, by the receiving team, are PSK fouls. Or, there was a change of possession and the team last in possession fouled prior to that change of possession. Again, unless all fouls by the receiving team are post scrimmage kick fouls. Or there's a change of possession and the team last in possession accepts the penalty for its opponent's foul at any time during the down. Um, So that's in, in all those cases when, when all those conditions are met, when we have double fouls, the penalties are going to cancel and the down is going to be replayed. So, um, there's a lot to unpack there, and, and it's very hard for me to um, envision a way to get it across. I'm, I'm going to go with a couple examples and, and hope that helps. I won't really want to hit this last condition because I think it's important. Um, and this is when there's a change of possession and the team last in possession accepts the penalty for its opponent's foul at any time during a down. Okay, so here's the example I'm going to come up with. Um, and, and I'm pretty much taking it from the case book because the, they do the best job of coming up with a great scenario. So um, what we have is we have 4th um, and 15. K kicks, kicks the uh, kicks a scrimmage, kick a punt. Um, in the, at the snap, they're flagged for legal formation. Um, R catches the punt. And is tackled by the face mask um, by the kicking team. So we've got two fouls on K. Um, and during that, another, our, another receiving team player blocked K in the back. So we've got double fouls there because we've got two fouls by the kicking team and a foul by the um, receiving team. R can accept if if R accepts either of those penalties then we're going to have a double foul we're going to replay the down R can decline the penalties and retain the possession of the ball following the enforcement of the block in the back by R so what you're going to have there is if you had a really short punt and and R is going to get really good position because of the really short punt, they may want to decline K's fouls and just accept they're going to be penalized for the block in the back. Um, another situation would be if there's very little time left in the game and and R needs the time in order to score. Um, they're not going to want to kick it again because that's just going to take more time. So those are a couple different uh, that that's that's a good scenario to point out why that last clause is in there um, regarding double fouls. Um, Now let's talk about penalties that involve automatic first downs, and those are easy. They're really easy. They're all your roughing penalties. Roughing the passer, roughing the snapper, roughing the kicker, roughing the holder. Those are automatic first downs. Those are the only automatic first downs in high school football. Pass interference is not an automatic first down in high school football. Just your roughing penalties. Okay? And let's talk about the penalties that involve a loss of down. And these are, um, when we talk about the, the loss of down, we're talking about the right to repeat the down. Um, so, illegally handing the ball forward, an illegal forward pass, illegal touching, and intentional grounding. Those are the four where there's a loss of down penalty as well. So let's talk about fouls that can be enforced on the try or on the subsequent kickoff. So um, I, I, I tried rewriting these. I, I read a couple different um, explanations of this, and, and I, I tried rewriting it in my own words to see if I could come up with something that, that's fairly succinct. Um, you can enforce the foul against the non-scoring team on the try or the kickoff when it's a foul other than an unsportsmanlike or non-player foul, including on a turnover if the foul occurred after the turnover. So, uh, A, runs for a touchdown during the run. Um, B, will say uh, just pushes a, a K player in the back. So we've got a block in the back. Um, you can enforce that on the try or the succeeding kickoff. Um, so that's only fouls against the non-scoring team. Now let's talk about fouls for both teams. For unsportsmanlike or non-player fouls, those can also be enforced on the try or the kickoff Um, or the succeeding kickoff against either team so if either team has an unsportsmanlike or a non-player foul those can be enforced on the try or the or the succeeding kickoff Um, also if in between the period when the score happens and the ready for play for the try if if a dead ball foul occurs in there then that can also be enforced either on the try or on the succeeding kickoff. If it happens after the ready for play, then it can only be enforced right there on the try. Um, the, the final, no, I've got two more. Two more different special scenarios. So um, we'll talk about special enforcement spots. We're going to talk about free kick out of bounds. Um, this is one that just changed within the last year or two. Um, there are four options, although really the I can't think of a scenario where team, the, the receiving team would take one of them. So let's talk about the four scenarios. For any free kick where the ball goes out of bounds untouched by R, R can choose to accept a penalty from the previous spot and have Kay re-kick it. They can put the ball in play 25 yards beyond the previous spot. So beyond... From where K kicked it, that's usually going to put it at the R thirty-five. But if you've got penalties that were enforced and moved K's kickoff point, that'll change. Um, you can also accept the ball at the dead spot, dead ball spot, and put a five-yard penalty on top of that. And then the fourth option is you can accept the ball at the dead ball spot, and that's essentially declining the penalty. So I don't know why you'd do that. I. I, I Really struggle to to come up with any scenario where that makes sense. Um, if anybody out there has heard of one, let me know. Um, another special enforcement spot is for kick catch interference. So whenever we have kick catch interference, the receiving team can choose the result of the play. So whatever happened, regardless of of the kick catch interference, if they scored a touchdown, they can ex- they can accept the touchdown. They can be awarded a fair catch after you enforce a 15-yard penalty from the spot of the foul, from the spot of the interference, they'll get an awarded fair catch. And it's important to say awarded fair catch because that's that brings into play that the receiving team could free kick the ball back for, a, um, for an attempted field goal, um, which we rarely see happen. It'd be fun to see happen once. Um, And finally, for kick-catch interference, the receiving team can also enforce a 15-yard penalty from the previous spot and replay the down. Um, Other odd enforcement spots, roughing the passer. Roughing the passer is from the end of the last run after a completed pass when that run ends beyond the line of scrimmage and there's been no change of possession. So you can enforce roughing the passer from where the pass was completed to. And that's a really egregious foul. And they did that that way on purpose. Um, if the pass is incomplete or there's a change of possession or the, uh, the last run ended behind the neutral zone, then we're going to force it from the previous spot. Um <laughs> this is in Rule 9-9, um, and, and this, is, this is wide open, and, and God bless the referees that know how to enforce this. Um, unfair acts, and it reads, the referee enforces any penalty he considers equitable, including the awarding of a score. So let's go with the most obvious example. Um Team A is running free for a touchdown. There's nobody near him going to tackle him. He gets tackled by a coach um, from Team B. So the result of the play is that he's down right where the tackle happened. Even though it was completely unfair that it happened, um, he's down there. This rule allows the, the referee to enforce any penalty he considers equitable, which in this case is probably... An awarding of a score, so he's going to award the score um, and then probably tack some penalties onto that as well. Um, the last thing we'll go over is carryover penalties. So these are penalties that um, can carry in uh, that that can carry over into overtime as well. So after a, a any live ball foul that occurs during a touchdown, or any dead ball of foul that occurs before the try, um, those cannot be carried over into overtime. We talked about succeeding kickoff. Well, you're not gonna have a succeeding kickoff in overtime, so those can't be enforced into overtime. However, if you have a live ball foul during a try against the non-scoring team, um or you have a dead ball foul after the try, you can enforce those in overtime. If, if overtime is what comes next, you can enforce those in overtime. You can also enforce any live or dead ball foul that happen. you can get any live ball foul that happens during a field goal or any dead ball foul that happens after the field goal, you can enforce those in overtime as well um, if overtime is the next uh, play to happen. So, that's penalty enforcement. I, I this is a half-hour pregame. That was a ton to put in there. Um, I don't expect that you necessarily captured everything. If a lot of this is new to you, it's it's hard to to, to wrap your head around everything here. Um, listen to it a couple times different couple times during the season. Um, I am going to put a video together with um, with this podcast and put it up on the YouTube channel. Um, that's gonna have some graphics that may, may help cement it a bit more. I'll, I'll tweet out when that's uh, available. Um, and finally, this uh, all my studying came from the Reading Study Guide and, and a great three-page document that Kevin Hawes from the San Diego Football Officials Association sent to me um, that, that has been put together that crews can go over during their pregame on penalties and flags. Um, I, I, I took their document and I, I wrote some notes on it and I put what order I wanted in, but as I've been talking to you, I've been reading from this, from this document. This is a great document and I want to give Kevin and and the group out there just a, a ton of credit for that. A link to that document will be in the show notes as well. So, um, hopefully that was helpful. If anybody feels I misspoke on something or I missed something, let me know. Um, let's get it corrected. I can correct it and put the podcast back out, and then anybody that downloads it later will, will hear the corrected version. Um, if you if you hear anything that, that's messed up, let me know. Um, other than that, I think uh, that's all we're going to have on penalty enforcement. So go have a great game. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group Friday Night Stripes or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight Em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.